This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. You know, yesterday when I was on the air, my producer, Sharina, alerted me that there had been a school shooting. And it was interesting because when she told me about it, it followed a segment, because I went back and listened to the podcast of yesterday's show, and it followed a segment where I was talking about how gun control seems imminent with some of these executive orders and said I would be addressing it you know, shortly. And then, of course, I think I did a throwaway comment because somebody mentioned it today to me where I said, you know, you know, just you almost feel as if there are some people in this country who actually hope that there'll be an incident. And then, of course, there was a shooting. And I don't believe that anybody hopes for that. And I really don't believe that it would have been appropriate yesterday, even though I knew during the show for me to have positioned myself in any particular way about what was just an insanely tragic and sad, sad moment. And it's not the first time we've had this amazingly sad, sad moment. I mean, we, we felt it up close and personal in Parkland. And, you know, I, I, there was a part of me that wanted to get to the issue right away. But then there was the human part of me that said, what, what are those parents going through right now? The parents who don't know if their child were the, was the one of the three that was killed, the parents who, who don't know where their children are right this minute, the husbands, wives of the, well, the wife and the husbands of the three adults that were murdered. And all I kept thinking was, you know, there's, there's just, there is no, there's no place right now for the discussion, but there will be. And, and it, it's already begun. You know, the attack dogs came out yesterday. First, you had this insane, uh, you know, I don't know what to say anymore about the president of the United States, Joe Biden. But he walked into a, some kind of woman's summit, you know, because, of course, we have to have a woman's summit. And he walks into this woman's summit to make an address and he starts out with some nonsense about ice cream, uh, uh, you know, chocolate chip ice cream. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, you know, we just got the news. You're the president of the United States. You need to address that immediately. And I know you'll use it for political points, but at least use it, you know, mention it. But he went through this whole BS about ice cream and the kids in the audience and the Ben Cardin, a great senator. And I'm thinking to myself, the whole country is sitting here. Every news station is on this woman's summit right now because they expect the president of the United States to make a statement. 
and he doesn't, and the audience titters and laughs, and the newscasters don't do anything. The only un uncomfortable newscasters were on Fox, where um, John Roberts and, uh, and uh, I forgot the, the lady's name, um, uh, not Shannon Bream, the other um, midday anchor, anyway, the two of them are like, well, wait a minute, we're waiting for the president to say something, and he's not saying anything, you know? He's going through telling kids to stand up in the back and blah, 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 and, and you know, if Donald Trump had done that, can you imagine? This would be the biggest, this would be the lead story on every network and cable news channel. The insensitivity. Donald Trump is a narcissist. He didn't even think about those uh, those poor people who were murdered, and he didn't even mention the families or anything. He, he was talking about ice cream. Can you imagine? And they'd be right. But Donald Trump wouldn't have done that. You know, you can say whatever you want about Donald Trump. You can hate Donald Trump, and I know plenty of people who do. But he wouldn't have acted that way. First of all, he wouldn't have waited until he was showing up at some women's summit. He would have immediately issued a statement. And the statement would have been heartfelt. Because the one thing I knew about Donald Trump was like, he, you bleed, he bleeds. And that was just a, one of those moments. And then, of course, Joe Biden launched into uh, the Congress. They better pass the uh, assault weapons ban. You know, we'd been down this road before with assault weapons bans. And that was, not, uh, that was not an answer. Didn't work. Didn't prevent school shootings. Didn't prevent shootings. And, and we just have to understand. And I thought after Parkland, it became very clear that we have to protect the children in the schools because we don't know which you know deranged, mentally ill person might get it into their heads that these are unprotected children who will be easy targets and they'll get their face on the cover of the newspapers. You know, we don't know when that's going to happen. So we need to reinforce the schools. And I love this. You know, then Joe Biden made some really insane statement about how well, we don't want to turn our schools into prisons. No, no, no. We don't want to turn our schools into prison any more than we wanted to turn the Capitol building into a prison, but they put a fence around it with barbed wire, didn't they? Not, not to make them prisoners in there, but to protect them from any kind of crazy people that might want to storm the Capitol because you know, they're so convinced that there's you know, groups out here planning to storm the Capitol. Well, let me tell you something. There are individuals out here right now planning to take out innocent lives. So the least we can do is reinforce the schools. You know, I don't know all the details. Nobody does. But apparently there were multiple targets, all right? And the shooter decided to target this particular school because they didn't have adequate um, uh, protection, adequate security. The other location had more security. So what does that tell you? It's the same thing that I say when you post a sign that says, no gun zone, well, good. That tells the shooter there'll be nobody here to stop me. I'll be able to shoot as much as I want to. Why would we do that to our children? Why do we post no gun zones at, at, at uh, schools? Why don't we post you know, signs that say there are armed security personnel on, at this facility? Turn around if you don't mean well. That's all. But no, no. Instead, it's like, oh, and nobody can have a gun. 
you know, because some, uh, you know, I, I have no idea what this person was, uh, you know, thinking. Obviously, they weren't thinking very much, but I looked at some video last night, which gave me nightmares. And, you know, they had video images of the person driving up in their van and then the person shooting through the door. I mean, it wasn't like a quiet entry. The person didn't just slowly walk into this uh, school. She shot out panes of glass to gain entry. So, of course, while that was a horrific thing to watch on video, at least people were immediately alerted that there was a shooter on the premises. They heard gunfire, and they immediately called the police, and the police immediately showed up. But it doesn't take but a few minutes for the person, once they've gained access to the facility, to wreak havoc, and that's what happened. Now, God bless those police officers who didn't hesitate a moment. They show up and they charge in. And then they hear the shots coming from the second floor and they go racing up to the second floor and they take out the shooter. Now, you know, that's not a happy ending by any stretch of the imagination. But when I think about how much worse it would have been if the only people who showed up were the same people who showed up in Parkland. I mean, we got to... We got to call it like it is. You know, there weren't people trying to figure out what to do in Nashville. They knew what to do. They stormed the school and they took out the shooter. And they didn't take her out with a, uh, you know, a, a lasso. And they didn't take her out with a knife. They took her out with a gun. Because it is not just a silly saying. It's true. Good guys and gals with a gun are the only thing that can stop bad guys with a gun. You can't pepper spray them away. You can't chase them. You can't shout at them. You have to shoot them. You have to neutralize them. And that's what happened. And, and you know, I'm glad there's body cam video from the police officers which show, um, you know, the kids are all locked down. We have some kids, we don't know where they are. And then she tells the officers to go to the fellowship hall and says the people inside had just heard gunshots. So, so these police showed up and they already knew there was a shooter and that he could hear gunfire. And they searched the rooms one by one, holding rifles, yelling, Metro police, let's go, let's go. Metro police, you hear alarms going off in the school. And then you hear an officer say, it sounds like it's upstairs, and they go racing up to the second floor and enter the lobby area. Move in, an officer yells, and then a barrage of gunfire is heard. Get your hands away from the gun, an officer yells twice. Then the shooter is shown motionless on the floor. Now, of course, the police have identified an early identification as a 28-year-old Audrey Elizabeth Hale. They say she was a former student um, and she had a detailed map of the school, including all these potential entry points. She'd conducted surveillance of the building before carrying out this massacre. And then they weren't sure what her gender was. For hours on Monday, they identified the shooter as a woman. And then at an afternoon press conference, the police chief said Hale was transgender. Right now, I still don't know 
What does that mean? So was this person a woman transitioning to be a male or a male transitioning to be a woman? You know, today for the first time, there was a little uh, clarity when uh, um, one of the police spokespersons, uh, uh, Kristen Mumford, said she was assigned female at birth. Hale did use male pronouns on a social media profile. Now, I don't know. Uh, it sounds to me like this person had some serious, serious mental health issues. You know, all this planning, all this not knowing if she's in the right body, all this stuff that was going on with her. You know, now we'll begin to find out and put, put the pieces together. But I'm going to tell you right now, the assault-style weapons and the handgun did not shoot those children and those three adults. A very messed up lady did. And I don't care what pronouns she uses. Her name was given in the female. She was assigned female at birth. And that's how we're going to deal with this. They went back to her house. Apparently she lived with her parents or at least with a father because there's been some mention of a father. They had a sawed-off shotgun there. There was another shotgun and some other evidence. And so immediately, you know, you got Karine Jean-Pierre saying, oh, it's time to show some courage here. It's time for the Republicans in Congress to show. The Republicans did not participate in this shooting. The Republicans do not condone this shooting. The Republicans probably would like to see more security at these schools. But the Democrats are only interested in securing the Capitol building so that their butts are safe. But your children, not so much. Now, you know, if this had gone down in some inner city school, they'd already be, oh, it was a hate crime. They came and they went after the Hispanic and black students. Oh, it was a hate crime. You know, this was a Christian school, a Presbyterian church, the Covenant School. It's in a nice neighborhood just south of downtown Nashville. It's where the Bluebird Cafe is, which is, you know, like a very famous spot. Got about 200 students from preschool through the sixth grade, got about 50 teachers. And, and this is how their Monday turned out. Took 14 minutes for the whole thing to happen and, un and unhappen because the suspect was killed at 1027. 14 minutes after the entrance. You know, th this is definitely a time for us, instead of talking about the guns, to be talking about why we are still not able to protect our children, our most valuable resource, why we still don't take it seriously enough. And I'm not condemning this private school. I'm not condemning any school. But for goodness sake, parents have to start insisting that there are some security, armed security personnel at schools because these lunatics have now figured out that they can do some serious damage at a school where there's no security guard, an armed security guard. I'm not talking about some, you know, a 90-year-old guy with a, a can of uh, pe pepper spray. Somebody who's bold and brave enough to see this person shoot out the front window, immediately run to that site and put a bullet in them. That is the only way that those 
three nine-year-olds and three 60-plus-year-olds could have survived this event. And then we'd only be talking about the death of the shooter. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to entertain any discussion about the guns. I'm really not. Because, you know, I, I am now even, this con consolidated my viewpoint that you must have armed personnel at schools. And you must have, uh, you know, an understanding that when you bill yourselves as a gun-free zone, you're going to draw every lunatic in town. Because the other location that apparently Audrey was uh, scouting out was secured, had armed security. And uh, while she obviously was uh, interested in suicide by cop, because that's what she got, she wanted to do some damage first. And you can't do much damage if you're taken out immediately. So that's the only conversation I'm willing to have about this. And my heart breaks for these families. It really does. I, I, I just, look, the, the one thing you think is what the police chief said. He, he said it so decently. What a, That poor guy, he was so choked up. And he said, you send your kid to school, you expect them to be safe, and you expect them to come home at the end of the day. You know, and he said, we had prepared for this moment, but we had never thought it would happen. And he said, and I'm proud of the people, the first responders who showed up and stormed in there. We really need to, uh, we need to be more uh, circumspect about how we treat law enforcement. Instead of defunding it, maybe we ought to be, you know, uh, awarding uh, significant praise to the people who stormed into the Covenant School in Nashville. Um, don't forget to download our app, 850WFTL app. That way you can participate in all these cool contests. We have a bunch of contests going on, and I'm particularly interested in the Tender Shack $50 DoorDash coupon. I'm not eligible because I work at the station, but if I were you, I'd want that. You know, they'll bring it to your house. You can't, can't, can't complain about that. Just go to the website, 850WFTL.com, or go to your app and enter the contest to win. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know, that's not the only news. It's certainly the saddest and the most, um, the most pressing news story right now, at least for uh, people in this country. But there's a lot going on, and I did a, a podcast which dropped yesterday, which was basically about Israel and basically about all of the stuff that's been going on there over the uh, the judicial reform efforts 
that the government was attempting to get passed. And, you know, I, in, I think during the course of the podcast, I said something along the line is I didn't know if um, the prime minister would blink. And by that, of course, I meant I didn't know if he would pull back. He did, you know. Um, and so I think the, the podcast is now even more interesting to listen to because I look at it before the, before the change. Um, he announced, I guess yesterday, in a, in a national address that he was going to put the whole thing on hold so there would be a real opportunity for people who opposed it and for people who uh, supported it to dialogue. He said, we're on a path towards a dangerous collision in Israeli society. We are in the midst of a crisis that endangers the basic unity between us. Such a crisis requires us all to act responsibly, he said. Yesterday, I read Benny Gantz's letter in which he undertakes to enter in good faith into negotiations on all issues. I know there are other people who support this approach. To them, I extend my hand, said the prime minister, calling his decision a timeout for dialogue. Noting that he first received support from his coalition members for his legislative postponement, he stressed that his government remains committed to passing judicial reform. We insist on the need to bring about the necessary corrections to the judicial system. So I guess what I'm saying is if you've seen this and you've been watching this, you probably do want to listen to my podcast because I talk about why. You know, thanks to Melanie Griffith, Jonathan Tobin, all of the people that I think, you know, really know what they're talking about, I understand why they need judicial reform. I, I think, you know, judicial reform um, in, in their system of government is much more critical. Like, we, we have a very different system of government. So does the, the UK, and I talk about that. You know, we have a legislature which makes laws. We have, um, you know, an executive branch, and we have a judiciary. Theirs, you know, are, are not as clearly defined, and they don't counterbalance or place checks on one another. He started out his speech, of course, with the story of uh, King Solomon. And I mean, it's probably one of the most often quoted stories in the whole Bible, right? Where the two mothers show up to King Solomon and they say that, you know, I'm the mother. No, I'm the mother because actually one mother's baby had died. And so now she was claiming the baby that lived. And so uh, King Solomon, who was a, uh, you know, supposed to be the wisest man ever, said, okay, well, I'll tell you, um, I, I know how we can, you know, solve this problem. He says, I'm going to cut the baby in two. And of course, the one who really wasn't the baby's mother said, okay, but the real mother said, oh, no, 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 give her the baby. And, and th I think that's, he told that story so that people would understand that when you are having a major argument or dispute and both sides claim to love the baby, you have to stop and you have to see which one really loves the baby. You know, who really loves the country of Israel enough to sit down and hash this out and come to a conclusion? There is an extremist minority in Israel, just like there's an extremist minority in this country that wants to tear the country apart. You know, Antifa wants to tear our country apart. Don't you think for a moment that they don't? These proponents of critical race theory and all of these, you know, uh, gender ideologies, they want to tear this country apart. 
they they turned to violence they set fires they threatened to you know hurt uh, politicians and elected officials they um, they they turned one community against another community brother against brother they refused to to go into the military they do all these things that's what's happening here as well but the state of Israel is always in a constant state of readiness for war. They can't exist without an Israeli defense force, and the Israeli defense force cannot exist with people who won't serve. Because refusal on one side will lead to refusal on the other side. And that's why he had to pull back. Because people were saying, we're not gonna, we're not gonna serve. And and you know, if you've ever been to Israel, and I have multiple times, the IDF is on duty 24-7. The people who are calling for anarchy and violence, they're tearing the baby apart in the Solomon example. And, you know, Bibi was able to tell his supporters one way or another, the government is going to bring the required reform in order to restore the balance between the government branches while preserving and even strengthening the rights of the individual. So, you know, the citizens of Israel are living in a generation of revival. Israel is either going to be extinct, extinguished by Iran now or they're going to win this final battle. So this is an extraordinary opportunity for Israel, an opportunity that never existed in the history of nations. These people were allowed to return to their country to build a homeland, and you know we're, we're heading into the Passover, which is basically Independence Day for them. They're gonna sit together at tables, they're gonna mourn those who have passed, and they're gonna celebrate their independence and be grateful to the men and women who protect them. So. If you want the, the state of Israel, the nation of Israel to continue, you have to, you have to put uh, you, your feelings aside. Netanyahu had to put his feelings aside and say, I, I'll hold back. I'm not going to do this. We'll take care of it after Passover. And, uh, you know, um, l listen to my podcast because there's no reason for me to redo the whole thing here today. Uh, but there's a reason. There's a reason that judicial reform needs to happen. And we're just lucky that we have checks and balances in this country because it's a nightmare when you have, and it's bad enough that we have a Department of Justice that's running amok. But if you have a judiciary that's running amok, on top of that, you're, you, there's no independence, there's no freedom. Your country will cease to exist. I saw Gavin De Becker last night say something very interesting. I'm gonna watch the whole thing tonight. He said that you know if you look at a pie chart of the world, Nine-tenths of the world is under some tyrannical form of government. And there's only this one-tenth sliver of freedom. It's us and a couple of Western nations in Western Europe, right? And so w w what do you think the odds are on us expanding versus the odds on them expanding? Probably not very good. You know, so if freedom is important to you, if liberty is important to you, you better start looking more carefully at the decisions you make and at the leadership you elect. Because I can tell you right now, under this Biden administration, we've been going in the wrong direction. We've been going in the wrong direction in terms of national defense, in terms of our immigration policy, in terms of our educational policies, in terms of our defense, uh, our um, 
Homeland Security, in terms of the Department of Justice, which seems to be uh, acting as an arm of a particular political party, these are very dangerous things. And all they're designed to do is to bring down this, uh, this government. And if that happens, well then that one-tenth that's not in tyranny is diminished. And it won't be long before it's all gone. And we're all living like that. Now I don't know about the rest of you. This is the first day in a long time I was really glad that I'm on the last third and not the first. Anyway, let me take a quick break. Don't forget, I'll be right back to finish. The, well, no, I actually have two segments left, so stay right where you are. All right. You know, sometimes freedom wins and sometimes the mob wins. And, you know, I just observe. And I'm sure that, you know, my observation of what happened in Israel is that uh, the mob won and freedom failed. Now, that may be true. I know my friend Howard Galganov had written a piece that he felt similarly. I, 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 I'm going to hold off on a final decision <laughs> about whether or not uh, BB caved until I, I know more. But it sure does look that way. And, you know, one of the reasons people ask me all the time, you know, why I'm such an ardent supporter, supporter of Donald Trump, and it's because I am so tired of people who are afraid of fights, you know, of people whose principles are shallow. That's all I can say, you know. And, and we're very fortunate, you know. I happen to live in a state where I have a governor who's pretty fearless. He's not as fearless as Donald Trump, but he's pretty fearless, and he'll take on big challenges, and he'll fight the culture war, which I think is critical. If you don't think it's critical, think about this. You know, y Yesterday, they had announced early in the day that they were going to have a trans day, day of violence and rage in Tennessee because Tennessee has, uh, their legislature has put in some restrictions to uh, young people uh, under the age of 18 having any of these uh, gender transition drugs or gender transition surgeries. They can't have it, and they certainly can't have it without parental knowledge and without parental consent. Now, you know, when my kids were growing up, my daughter couldn't get her ears pierced without my permission. When I was growing up, I, I couldn't, ha ha you know, have an appendectomy, even in an emergency, without parental consent. You know, because my my first husband got into an emergency appendectomy situation when we were living in Vermont, and we had to literally get his you know parents on the phone. They they would not authorize surgery because he was under eighteen without parental consent. And all I think to myself, you know, and I I, I say this all the time, and yet there are states like California who think that if a 14-year-old walks into a clinic and says, I'm in the wrong body, I want some hormone therapy, and I'm considering a radical double mastectomy, that's saying it's a girl who thinks that she's a male, um, California thinks that's, that's cool, okay? You know, parents should not be allowed to interfere with that. They even believe that if the parents don't agree, the child should be removed from the parental custody. That's just, it, it's so crazy 
that I, I can't even address it in a calm manner. You know, we don't allow children to buy alcohol. We don't allow children to drive automobiles. We don't allow children to do a lot of things. You know, they just passed a, a law, I forgot which state, might have, Utah, I think it was in Utah, where children could not use social media between 10.30 at night and 6 o'clock in the morning, period. You know, because in the middle of the night, while parents are sleeping, you don't know what your kid is getting into online. And there's some real danger out there. So there were people all protesting, oh, they're not for freedom of speech and they're not for freedom of information. Of course I am. If you're 18 or older, you get to make choices. But if you're nine, you are not competent. You cannot make choices, neither about your gender or about what to view on the internet. N neither can you protect yourself from predators on the internet. That's the truth. So I, I, I listen to these things and I say to myself, you know, it would be so easy for me today to get on the air and say, well, you know, obviously, this is yet another indication that we have messed up our kids so badly that now, you know, they, they, they can't get any help because all they have to do is say, I'm in the wrong body, and they'll be, you know, given supplements that will maybe increase their rage. I don't know about the rest of you, but during, you know, I, I had children. I gave birth to children. One of my children was a girl, and one of my children was a boy. And I, I talk to women who are younger than me and now having babies for the first time, and they will describe certain things to me. And I will say, early on in pregnancies, I will say, hmm, well, that happened to me with my daughter. Um, you know, there was a, 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 my hips spread a lot more quickly, I said, because I think there was a rush of estrogen in my body. And I had a much harder time when I was pregnant with my son controlling my temper. And I'm not, you know, you hear me rant and rave, so you think I'm always, you know, my, my temper is always flaring. It's not. I'm really a very reasoned and reasonable person. All right, maybe not reasonable, but I'm not angry all the time. During my pregnancy with my son, I was angry all the time. And to this day, I'm convinced that it was because there was a whole bunch of testosterone traveling around inside of me that had never been there before. Just saying. So when we start messing with people's hormones, we really don't know what's going to happen. You know, we just don't. And I think it's, it's really beneath contempt for us to pretend that we're not treading some really dangerous waters. There was some militant uh, LGBTQ plus activists that walked into the Capitol building of Texas recently, and they assaulted one of the uh, Texas Senate sergeant in arms. And it was just a few days before a trans male who was a biological female violently attacked a Tennessee Christian school, okay? So last week, Lauren Perkins, a transgender woman, and a group of thugs co-opted the state capitol in late March of this year. The transgender woman was there to comment publicly on laws that would be passed to stop the sexualization of children. Perkins began to go on a rant 
calling conservatives Nazis and other radical rhetoric that prompted the Senate Sergeant-in-Arms, Austin Osborne, to end the now over two-minute speech. By manipulating the words of an ancient text and shortening it into legislation aimed at an at-risk minority population, you liken yourself to another group that gained popularity in Germany. You know, they always have to go to the Nazis. When a small man with a smaller mustache stood before crowds and proclaimed himself superior to others, I see you are doing the same. You know, now, come on. So the sergeant-at-arms approaches this trans activist and gets assaulted. And, you know, calling Texas lawmakers Nazis and saying they were anti-gay, first and foremost, you know, will you... When are we going to admit, and, and I'm willing to admit it, that we cannot accept everything, that there are certainly instances where people have real gender dysphoria. There are instances where people are genuinely homosexual. These are absolute, I, I don't need any more proof that that's true. But turning these things into fads and 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 allowing everyone to be convinced that we have no right to question anybody who offers this up as, as a plausible idea for their lives or the lives of people around them or the lives of children. You know, I look at these LibTalk videos of teachers talking about, like, oh, I'm so glad I'm teaching the kids in my class that, you know, you, you, you can be whatever you decide you want to be. There's more, many genders and many identities. Why? Why would someone want to teach a little kid that? First and foremost, most little kids aren't thinking about anything even remotely like that. And if you happen upon a little kid, and I remember there was a little kid in my, in my daughter's preschool class. I took one look at this little kid and I watched him for a couple of weeks and I said, that little kid might be in the wrong <laughs> wrong body. You know, there was just, it was very obvious that the child was not, not a typical little boy, you know? Now, I didn't know at the time, would he, you know, was he gay? Was he, uh, we didn't even really talk about transgender in those days. This was 46 years ago. On, on Monday, my daughter will be 46 years old. So we weren't talking about transgenderism at all. But I, I looked at the kid and I said, you know what? I don't think that kid is, you know, heterosexual. I really don't. I think, you know, he might might be uh, uh, gay or he, I, I didn't at the time think it, but maybe today I would say maybe he's trapped in the wrong body. Okay. But I didn't look around the classroom and find 10 others. You know, the the number of people in this country who are actually practicing homosexuals is minuscule compared to the impact that the homosexual movement has had on politics. Why is that? You know, the amount of people who are legitimately transgendered is minuscule compared to the amount of people who are gay. And yet you would think it is the most important issue of our time and that all children have to be carefully coached to think so. And now we're starting to see, you know, some of these ideas... Um, Bud Zakowski wrote an article, I think somebody sent it to me, uh, an opinion piece, and he said, you know, when, when you talk about the, teaching these subjects to small children who cannot understand that, 
it, it's, it's mind-boggling. You know, telling kids that men can get pregnant or that Abraham Lincoln was in favor of slavery or as someone said to me recently, or not to me directly, but said to, to my husband, that Ron DeSantis is uh, letting Florida schools teach that Joe Lewis, the brown bomber, was white. You know, when I hear things like that, I say to myself, you know, when did we get so, so out of touch with reality? These are crackpot ideas, okay? These are not, these are not things we should be uh, indulging or teaching at all. But when people in politics, when people who are in academia, when people who are television pundits, when they pretend that the culture wars are not a serious matter, you know, they don't want to give them the same importance as foreign policy or uh, economics, well... Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you, anybody who studied American history doesn't believe in critical race theory. Deep down, every one of us believes that biological sex is real, but they pretend that they don't because the press makes us feel dumb if we're not all-embracing of all things. And what they've really done is damage the people who truly have, e have these issues. You know, if, if you're truly transgendered, everything that's going on, like trying to, you know, inculcate transgenderism into elementary schools hurts your cause. You know, going after the Texas legislature and assaulting the sergeant of arms hurts your cause. You know, not addressing the mental health issues of a trans female in Nashville and then she going on a rampage and killing children and, and three adults hurts the cause. And maybe we need to reevaluate the cause. You know, and maybe we really need to have an open, honest, decent discussion. And since, you know, I'm constantly being told I'm a science denier, why don't we talk about the science for a minute? You know, I got John Fetterman, a senator, who's been hospitalized for depression for weeks. You know, I had a friend recently who went into the hospital for an acute bout with chronic uh, and, and, and uh, what do they call it, clinical depression. She was there for two days, maybe three. You know, and then she was saw the doctor and she was put on some medication and then she started seeing a therapist and, and it was basically over. She was back at work in a week. John Fetterman's been in a hospital for weeks. Like, what's really going on? They wonder why we don't believe anything? Because they just lie and obfuscate, and they want us to believe every bit of nonsense. We should be more concerned about, you know, if, if people are in the wrong body, and we should make children feel comfortable discussing that. No, no. I don't want my children, my grandchildren, having that discussion with some lunatic with pink hair at their school. No, you know. It's time to put our foot down. If we're not going to put our foot down, we're going to lose an entire generation. We may have lost them already, but I'm at least going to try and fight. Anyway, don't forget Dan Bongino coming up at 1 o'clock, Ben Shapiro at 4 o'clock, and Jen and Bill will be back in the morning. Uh, for now, I have one segment left. Stay right where you are. You know, some stuff you wish you never saw, right? You know, I wish I had never seen the video last night of the shooter. I just wish because... 
some images just get burned into your mind and they're just they're horrible images horrible images and 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 then to know that this will become a political story and there'll be no time for mourning and no time for conciliatory hugs you know and and I you know, the left always says and we don't want to hear about prayers if ever this country needed prayer it's now you know this is this is praying time my friends you know and I'm the one person on the air who'll tell you that well I'm not the only one I I, I know Glenn Beck does it too but this is praying time this is the, this is not going to be fixed by by men. You know, the mind that created the problem is not going to be able to come with, up with a solution for the problem. This is praying time. It really is. And I we have so much to lose. You know, entire generations that have been woke. You know, there's something wrong with woke. You know, when they pretend they don't know what it means, you know, I, I love that. I watch some of these uh, pundits on television. Oh, they don't know what, that, what what woke even means, and they don't care, and blah, blah, blah. Um, oh, that's just, they're, they're, it's a dog whistle, and, and, and they're the woke police, and woke describes anything that they don't like on the right. No, 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 woke isn't hard to define at all. It's the belief that this country is based on racism, sexism, homophobia, uh, and any kind of persecution you can think of against individuals and against groups and against uh, you know immutable characteristics, right? It's this insistence that it's more important to belong to a group and to be aggrieved than it is to have an honest discussion about anything. And God forbid, you prioritize values, like things like blindness. You can't say, I'm colorblind. Oh, no, 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 that's terrible. Yesterday, there was a whole thing about you, you can't send out a meme of a black person if you're white because, I don't know, is it cultural appropriation or it's critical race, uh, anti I don't know what that meant, but come on. You know, it, it's just, it's enough. It's enough already. You don't have to be a conservative. You don't have to be a Republican to not want wokeness, you know. Um, stop being so judgmental. <laughs> I remember, wasn't it President Obama, Obama who said, the idea of purity is that you never compromise. And that's not, uh, not a way to run a country. Anyway, I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, say a prayer for those families in Mississippi that went through a tornado, for those families in Nashville, Tennessee that have suffered this terrible tragedy. And stop thinking about politics for like just the two minutes of your prayer. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.